Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. So hi, everyone. I'm Joel Compulsive Eater, and I'm really grateful to be here. Hi. Great to see you all, see your faces. And um, to be able to be of service, and I have to say, I always feel nervous when I'm going to share, but you know what? It's helpful just to know that we're here to be of service to one another and like to be useful. And we are promised a life of sane and happy usefulness by being here, and I'm really super grateful for that. Um, I'm somebody who, you know, food has been my substance for my entire life, and my, um, I remember my mom telling me that even as an infant, I was always swallowing everything like whole or whatever. And like food was always the go-to thing for me. And even like when I was, um, when I was 18, I lived in a drug house with like a bunch of boys and they hid all the drugs in my room. Cause I could have gave a shit about those. All it was like, it was about food for me all the way. And um, so I could be trusted with every kind of drug and all the paraphernalia that goes with it because I didn't care about that. And, um, you know, like, I think, um, I really think that food, especially for any one of us who has been really large in our lives, I think that food is a protection. It becomes a protection from um like fat becomes a protection from the world and one of the things that um happened to me when I was I was 19 and I was pregnant with my daughter was somebody followed me home off the bus and tried to rape me and I think that that was really the beginning of trying to pack on pack on um weight and you know to to just protect myself from being in the world that I was in. And so actually, Lita, if you could just put that picture up for a second. Like I, this morning I was um, looking in my, I have this five minute um, journal app. And so I was just trying to find pictures. And so I wanted to just show you this picture of um, up in the top right is with my mom and my sister-in-law's mom. And that's not even my highest weight. It's probably um, getting close to it, but I had to make like a big tent dress to wear. And then um, down on the bottom left is when I lost, I went on the diet to end all diets and I lost 170 pounds. That's the thinnest I ever got. And I was what I would call refugee thin now. And then up in the top left with my 85 and sunny license plate, is when I gained back 125 or so pounds. I don't even really know, but I it was something like that. So you can take that down now. Thanks so much, Lita. So um, so my story is really one of having gained, having been um, really heavy. And I, again, I, I do feel like it was just a protection in the world that I was living in. And... Um, I ended up having like a a really um, rough visit home 
in like 1982 and it was everything about it like just trying to be on the airplane and need the extender belt and like the tray wouldn't fit on my legs you know like I had to whatever when they brought food and that was when they used to still serve a meal on the plane and my daughter um I was just like no I'm not hungry because I couldn't like manage the the tray and everything and then when I got to California my mom her I you'll hear me say this a lot like my childhood was spent trying to get my dad's eyes on me and my mom's eyes off me all unsuccessfully so my mom was constantly watching what I was eating Um, monitoring what I was eating, stopping me from eating. And she was a compulsive eater too. So um, at any rate, her her scrutiny during that trip, I already was feeling so, you know, large and everything. And then her scrutiny um, made it just even more, um, more of pressure. So when I came home, I really did just decide, I went on one of those liquid fast diets, so I've been on all the diets, you know, the the all protein and the liquid and the whatever. There's, you know, whatever. Um, and one of the things I was thinking about this morning was when I was when I was younger, when I was like in my teens, I was I was overweight, but not not excessively so. And then when I gained all that weight, I remember seeing somebody I hadn't seen in a really long time, and I went up to them and said, "Hi." And they looked at me and they're like, do I know you? And I was like, yeah, you know, and then I was telling them it was me. And they were like, wow, like, what happened? You know, like, what happened to you? Um, And then when I went on the diet to end all diets, I had this old friend that I knew from when I was heavy. And he came to meet me for lunch. And he, he came down the hallway by my office and he looked in, and he said, hello, and he just kept on walking. And I was like, Doug? And he was like, I, then he stops, and he comes back, and he's like, what? And then he's looking at me, and he sees this mole on my nose. And he's like, if you didn't, if it wasn't for that mole right there, I would not believe it was you. So, I mean, like, the difference between these these aspects of my personhood were, like, really stark. And to be able to walk through the world as a heavy person is hard. Our world is not made for it. I even, like, broke a stadium seat. So, I'm like, and it was steel, you know. Like, I don't even know how someone would do that, but I did. So, you know, to be able to um, lose all that weight, and then I became, like, a leader for the weight, you know, loss thing that most of us have done. And... Um, I share about this a lot because I feel like it was really something that was very baffling to me because I never thought I would gain that weight back. But I remember like as a um, leader, I was weighing people and that a person came in with a lifetime membership card and because it was blue. And that meant somebody had reached a goal weight and they had maintained that weight for a long enough time to became to become what they called a lifetime member. But this man was like 500 pounds. And I remember just being like, what? I couldn't believe that anybody would gain that much weight after they had lost the weight. And so I've, I think that that's been a lot about what I 
I wonder about, about a lot of us, about why we don't, why we can't feel comfortable without protection on us. And there's lots of trauma and all kinds of things. And that, that almost rape thing, that really was a start of a, and I lived in a neighborhood that wasn't safe or anything. So at any rate, gaining back 125 pounds like that, I think is the thing that let me know I'm just not normal. I'm not ever going to be a normal person where this is concerned. And so um, I remember like meeting a friend of mine who was going to OA. I think she was going to the uh, the How program. And I was like, just give me the diet because I had always done it by myself, you know, even though I might have done the one that was that everybody does. I still didn't go to the thing and do all the stuff. I just did it by myself. And I always think I can do everything by myself. So, um, you know, I remember just being like three or four days in of cutting the all the many vegetables. And I was just like, fuck this, man. (laughs) No, you know, I just could not imagine spending my whole life cutting vegetables. But I have to say, like, I do spend Sundays now getting up at 6 a.m. and cooking every single meal for my week. And so everything I have is already in a box. It's already ready. Nobody, you know, like I was going to a party over the holidays and I'm like, don't do anything special for me, please, because I will be with my own. I always bring my own, you know, um, so I don't really... I don't really need anybody to take care of me. I really do take care of myself. And I do chop a lot of vegetables because I make a big giant salad that lasts me all week. But that's not all that there is about the program for me. So my my relapse really all happened prior. It's all of those pictures. And once I arrived in OA, it's almost been it, in September. It will be 20 years ago, which seems in, unbelievable to me. Um, that when I arrived in the um, rooms of OA, I really knew I belonged here. There was no question in my mind that I was somebody who um, was never going to be a normal person when it came to food. And even now, I can have a, you know, like a dicey day where whatever, but I'm really, I've really learned like, if there's a bowl of nuts on a table and there's a party going on, if I put my hand in that bowl, the rest of the thing ends right then and there because I cannot think of the people I'm with. I cannot think of, is it five minutes left? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Lita. Um, I can't think of the people that I'm with. I can't, the, the whole the whole experience just disappears because I cannot stop thinking about when can I get more of that thing, whatever that thing is. And usually it is nuts or something like that because there's a lot of foods people eat that I don't eat. But the thing that's made program be home for me is the fact that we share so much together that we do have, that it is built around that three-legged stool. It's not just about food. And, you know, I think a lot of times people kind of go a little off the nut when they're only thinking about food and food plans um, because it, it does need a balance. Um, for me, it needs a balance. So it, I need emotional sobriety. I need spiritual sobriety. And I came in here like having been a fundamental Christian for a long time. And, you know, I think I can remember on my first week saying that I felt like kicking uh, and please, 
I'm sorry, this is just my experience, but I felt like kicking Jesus's ass to the curb was was what I would say. And now I actually think Jesus is pretty cool, but um, you know, I have a whole different view of how I look at spirituality, and it's because of being here. It's because of having so many people's experience of a higher power that has made me go, wow, you know, I it's really it could be anything, but you know, whatever the universe is that has created all of the plants and the insects and the whatever, when we look out our window, the beauty that surrounds us, like whatever that power is, I wanted to plug into that because that really is useful to me. Um, and so, you know, and working the steps um, has has been a powerful thing. And I had a beloved step sponsor who's in the room today, and I was so blessed to have her be my sponsor and like I remember I somebody was calling me the other day and they're looking for a sponsor and they were like I don't know how to get this or whatever and I said well you know you'll know when you hear them and I said my sponsor I was a big Joni Mitchell fan she just one day like said a line from a Joni Mitchell song and I'm like it's her I'm gonna ask her and so, you know, that was how I got her. And she was a powerful, powerful presence and is now a dear, dear friend. So I'm so grateful for that. But then this morning, I just wanted to sort of close with this morning I was reading. Um, I get these Richard Rohr meditation um, things. And a lot of times I don't read them because they're pretty long. But one of the things that I kind of grabbed me today was he wrote that the only way out of deep sadness is to go with it and through it and that we can't do it alone. And that's the my experience of our program. We can't do it alone. This year, I'm, I cry every time, but it's like this year has been a lot. In a year's time, my dad passed away. My brother passed away. I've lost a lot and I've gained a lot. And, you know, being able to see the exquisiteness of loss and the... Um, the beauty of being present to loss, it's, you know, I wouldn't trade it. And, you know, I mean, of course, there have been moments when it's like I would love to put a damper on it, have a drink, numb it down, tamp it down a little, eat something, whatever. But really, to be able to show up for life on life's terms for the beauty and the loss and the joy and all that there is, is gold. And I wouldn't trade it. And I wouldn't trade being with you guys for a million bucks, man. You're awesome. Is my time up? I think I'm pretty close to it. Okay. Thank you so much, everyone, just for being here and for your presence in my life. It just, it means more than I can say. So I will end with that.